Hello again. My name is Todd Martin from Smithville Mennonite Church. And I would like to begin this morning by saying Happy Father's Day to all those dads out there who are listening. I want you to know that uh, whenever I do these sermons on the radio or on the podcast, I'm usually doing them about a week behind what we're doing at Smithville Mennonite Church, which is where I preach every Sunday now that we're back in session. And I want you to know on this Father's Day, uh, I will be having a Father's Day message at Smithville Mennonite. Uh, you can catch that on our uh, YouTube channel. We'll be live streaming it for the first time today. And if you want to go over after you hear this message and go catch that message live streamed uh, at around 10.30 a.m. this morning, uh, you can feel free to access that at smc585.org and then go to uh, the YouTube channel, which is where we'll be. Now, if you can't do that, if you don't have internet access, I want you to know that that message will be on this radio broadcast and podcast next week. So let's get started with this week's message, and I'd like to pray a little bit first. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us together again. Lord, I don't know exactly when or how people are listening to this, but I pray that you would speak to them and you would get me out of the way so that you can say what you want to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, last week I had several occasions that people prayed for me, and it was wonderful. I'm amazed at how that simple act of hearing someone lift me up to God helps me to go on. When times are scary, uncertain, or I'm heading for a time of testing, hearing the prayer of one who loves me, encourages me to face what is next, no matter what it may be. Today, I will continue my messages on the real Lord's Prayer. This is a prayer Jesus prayed for himself, as we heard last week. But being the master of prayer, he doesn't stop there. Now we'll hear him pray for those disciples who were sitting around him at the Last Supper. You need to know that Judas has left the room. These are the men Jesus would count on to take the ministry forward into all the world. And now Jesus prays for them. I believe in this prayer we learn to pray for those closest to us and who we count on the most. Your sermon in six seconds is this. If you want to jot this down, I think it would be a good idea. Jesus shows us how to pray for those we love. Jesus shows us how to pray for those we love. This prayer can guide those who pray for family and friends of faith, your inner spiritual circle, or perhaps your mentor. 
These are the people close at hand, and Jesus wanted to bless them. We should too. Open your Bibles to John chapter 17, verse 6. Again, I'm in the Gospel of John chapter 17, verse 6, and we'll pick up where we left off last week. I'd like you to imagine the scene. Darkness has fallen all around them in this upper room where supper has been served. And the light of the world was burning brightly as he prayed for those gathered around him. Let's listen as Jesus continues to pray. Again, I'm in John chapter 17. I'll start with verse 6. These are the words of Jesus. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. Your first sub-point for verses 6 through 10, Jesus gave back to God those he had given to him. Jesus gave back to God those he had given to him. Your application question I'd really like you to think about is, who do you need to give back to God? Jesus is now with those who would lead the world to follow him after he is gone. In verse 6, Jesus refers to them as being yours, as in they were God's already. How is that? These were all Jewish men. They were children of Abraham. Jesus came first and foremost to the Jews, and we need to remember that. Yet so often, Christians forget. Hatred for the Jewish people, anti-Semitism, is on the rise, and this is not good. Jesus was a Jew, indeed the Jewish Messiah. He was a super Jew. All his first disciples were Jews. This is why he says they were already his. But let me be very clear. Those men being Jewish did not save them. Being Jewish prepared them better than anyone in the world to believe and follow Jesus as Savior and Lord. And these men did just that. Friends, hate for Jews is racism. And racism is the sin of hatred. 
Again, let me just say, racism is the sin of hatred. No Christian should be guilty of this sin, be it for Jews or any other race. Friends, we are all part of the human race, and that's what we need to remember. Verse 6 is so powerful. They were yours, and you gave them to me. Jesus is saying God gifted these friends to him. They had become his family, brothers from another mother, as a friend of mine would say, but of the same Heavenly Father. I believe Jesus loved these men, flawed as they were. He could see the potential they had to change the world. He had invested in them, and they believed in him. But now he had to give them back to God the Father. Verse 10 brings it full circle. All you have is mine, and all I have is yours. Jesus is praying for his disciples by first acknowledging them as a gift, then giving them back to God. Do we do that on a regular basis with all those we love? Do you need to give someone back to God today? As time goes by, I find myself more and more needing to let go and let God. My oldest son, Lord willing, will be leaving for college in about two months. God gave him to me. Now I need to give him back. Let him go into the hands of the Heavenly Father. This is the most powerful part of our parent-baby dedication service that we do periodically at Smithville Mennonite. When the parents are asked this question, Do you promise to gladly surrender your child to the ministry and mission God has in mind for them, even if it might involve going to the ends of the earth? You know, friends, I remember saying those words 18 years ago, and now the day has come. I must surrender in prayer first, just like Jesus did. Other people we love move in and out of our lives, and we must let them go. I believe we release them in prayer first. Friend, do you believe everything Jesus got was given to him by the Father? Do you believe the same is true for you? Perhaps today there is someone that you need to let go into the hands of God the Father. Let's continue on in the prayer in verse 11. I will remain in the world no longer. But they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, 
so that they may be one as we are one. Verse 12, while I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. Your sub point for verses 11 and 12. The Father will protect us with Jesus' name. Then I need you to think, what does the name of Jesus really mean to you? Did you notice Jesus didn't say, protect them with the preacher's name or protect them with the church's name, perhaps an angel's name, or maybe the name of your godly grandma. No, he said, protect them with his name. You know, there's a song that a dear brother in the Lord, uh, a dear pastor named Richard Ross, loved to sing and sang here at Smithville Mennonite Church on his 70th anniversary. It was a tribute to the name of Jesus. It's an old song called, There's Just Something About That Name. Richard, with his children gathered around him, sang it as a tribute to Jesus who had kept him safe for over 90 years of life and 70 years of marriage. Richard knew the power and the beauty of Jesus' name and proclaimed it that day as he sang the song with these lyrics. I won't try to sing it, but I do think the lyrics are still so powerful. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus. Like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. You know, friend, if you want to go to your computer and look up Richard Ross singing There's Something About That Name, you can find it on our website. If you go to our website, smc585.org, then go to our YouTube channel, you'll be so blessed to hear Brother Richard sing that again. You know, one of the things that makes me happy is to know that Richard continues to sing that song. He passed away uh, a few years back, but I know he's singing that song for eternity to Jesus, even today. I believe Jesus is giving us his name for protection. When I was in seminary years back, one of my professors, Willard Swartley, 
told a story of going with Dean Hostetler, a Mennonite exorcist, to a home of someone suffering from demonic oppression. As they went, the exorcist, Dean Hostetler, warned Willard that sometimes demonic people are violent, but the demons must submit to the name of Jesus. Willard, being a rather proper academic type, took in the words as they arrived at the house. They walked up the sidewalk, and Dean said that he forgot something in the car and went back for it. Willard was standing outside the house when the door burst open and a large man came barreling out, running and yelling at Willard. In that moment of panic, Willard, the proper seminary professor, said that he cowered and covered his head and yelled the only thing he could think to yell, and that is, Jesus says, love your enemies. And at the name of Jesus, this large man who was running right at him fell to the ground in a ball and started to weep. Dean came up immediately and prayed over him, and the demon left. Willard said he'd never seen anything like that, but had a new love for the name of Jesus. You see, his name can protect us. But be careful. Friend, you need to know the name of Jesus is not spiritual pepper spray. It's not your magic word or verbal rabbit's foot. The name belongs to the maker of the universe, so don't play with it. Always remember the seven sons of Sceva. You're saying, who in the world are the seven sons of Sceva? Well, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 19. They played with Jesus' name and got the beating of their lives from a demon. The Bible says, again in Acts chapter 19, if you want to go and look at that whole story later, I think it would be good for you. Willard had a relationship with Jesus. So when he called, Jesus in essence said, that's my friend Willard. Don't touch him. He's mine. So what is your claim to Jesus' name? Do you have a relationship with him or don't you? Some will say, I really don't know. To which I always like to ask, especially when I'm preaching on Sunday, I simply ask the people in my congregation, how many in here are married? Raise your hand. How many are not married? Raise your hand. And then I say, okay, how many of you don't know? You know, either you are committed or you are not. 
Either you love a person or you don't. My wife took my last name, Martin, when we were married. And she loves my name. Uh, it was also because she didn't like being a workman. That was her maiden name. But mostly, she took that name because she loves me. The name of Jesus is the same. We love the name because of the relationship the name represents. So, what does the name of Jesus mean to you? This is one of the things that I find very disturbing in our culture. I find people using the name of Jesus as a curse word. Friends, this is something that should never be done. And we should never do it to someone we love. You would not use your mother's name as a curse word if you love her. You wouldn't use your girlfriend or boyfriend's name. Why would you use the name of Jesus? Friend, the name of Jesus is powerful and it can protect us. Cherish the name of Jesus. I'm going to finish out with verse 13. Again, this is Jesus continuing to pray. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Your last sub-point. Jesus prays for us to have his joy. Then I would ask, do you have the full measure? That is, do you have the full measure of his joy? Oh, friends, if you call yourself a Christian, a fellow disciple of Jesus, grab on to this prayer. He prayed for his first disciples, and I believe he prays for us too, that we may have the full measure of joy within us as those first disciples had within them. If there is anything I believe we have a shortage of in our lives today, it's the full measure of the joy of Jesus. And here's what I believe to be the main reason we don't ask for it for ourselves or pray it for others. But there are those who do have the full measure of joy. And you learn who they are very quickly when things go bad. What do I mean by that? Joy is not happiness. Happiness's meaning is true to its root. Hap, or how we get the word happen. We are happy depending on what happens to us. People are happy when good things happen. Happiness takes little effort and almost no faith. But joy is different. Joy is evident in the good times. Joyous people laugh just like the rest. 
but in the bad times, the joy stays. Joy continues to see the blessing in the burden. Joy seeks out the good, even in the bad. The full measure of joy that Jesus gives is rooted in him. What does this look like? I talked to a dear sister from our church this week. Her name is Vesta Landis. And many in the congregation know that she had all her toes amputated from her one foot. She had this because of a circulation issue that came from kidney failure. I called to see how she was doing. And the first thing she said to me was that she was just so thankful. I was taken aback. I asked what she meant, and she joyously said the doctor let her know that the blood flow was good enough in her foot that they didn't need to take off her foot. Or her leg, for that matter, isn't that great. I could hear the smile in her voice, and I had to agree, indeed, that was great. Friends, can I ask, how is your joy? I love the fact that Jesus didn't pray that we would have just a little bit of joy. No, rather, we are to have the full measure of his joy. That means enough to share with everyone. And this is the whole point of today's message. Jesus shows us how to pray for those we love. Again, how exactly do we do this? First, we give them back to God. We release those we love into God's purpose and plan, ultimately into his hands. We give him back anyone he has ever given to us. Second, we pray God's protection over all those we love with Jesus' name. We call the name of our Savior and Lord to keep them safe in his arms. Finally, we pray for those we love that they will have the full measure of joy that Jesus has to give. Won't you join me now in praying for those we love? Kind Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can bring to you all those we love. Lord, first and foremost, we want to release them into your hand. Lord, you've blessed us with people to love. And we just want to hand them back to you, just like Jesus handed his first disciples back to you. We admit that we like to hold on to the gifts that you give, but we truly can only enjoy them after we give them back to you. And so that's exactly what we'll do. Take a moment now, friend, and just think of those people you love and give them back to God. Release them. Second, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name 
for your protection over them. We pray the power of Jesus' name to break strongholds in the lives of people that we love. We pray in Jesus' name that they would be protected today. And finally, Lord, I pray that there would be an outpouring of your spirit in such a way that joy would bubble up in those that we love, especially those who know you. Lord, thank you for the joy that you give, the joy that surpasses understanding. Lord, in times of trouble, in times of pain, we can still have joy. And I thank you for that. Give us the full measure, even in this week to come, even when things are hard, Lord, help us to have the full measure of the joy of Jesus. Lord, again, I thank you for giving us this prayer that you prayed and now teaching us how we can pray for all those we love. Again, we pray in the strong and all-sufficient name of Jesus. Amen.